Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Shall we begin? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational Welcome back, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast, produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Make sure you go to limitlessbroadcasting.com and check it out after the show. So today is a little different (laughs) in the world of Muppets slash Jim Henson. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So this is actually our last episode, too, for... Uh, Muppets this month like we just want to let you guys know like you're thinking wait a second there's still one more week in June or July it's not June anymore but we have decided since we've done a whole summer of Muppets we're just going to take a one week break Mm -hmm. we have to kind of re re breathe Uh relearn how to breathe yes and and move from we're moving from Muppets to Boy Meets World which is a huge so yes just so you know just like fyi but we are finishing strong with some of the weirder like muppets is already weird but we're ending with some of the weirder movies in the jim henson world accurate yes (laughs) we are ending on one of my favorites actually the labyrinth Mm -hmm. and then the realm of the dark crystal because it's more than just one movie now so Mm -hmm. we're doing them out of like time frame order but it'll make sense why when we do it. Exactly. But Sammy, are you ready to learn some trivia about the labyrinth? I am. There's a lot yeah. actually. So I there think that's is. Very cool. I, and I can sum up some of it. Like it's just really long, like it is written long. things. Cause you know, <laughs> IMBD for mm-hmm. some reason, they just want to go on and on. But okay, so The Labyrinth, if you've never watched The Labyrinth, which is a good possibility, Mm because it was made in 1986, it's more of a cult classic, so if you're not into The Muppet or Jim Henson life, or if you're not even a David Bowie fan, like, you probably have not watched 
this movie. Mm -hmm. So just to give you a background of what the labyrinth is about, it's about a girl named Sarah and she is babysitting her, her brother, Toby. Mm -hmm. And he's just crying. She doesn't like him. She's a teenager. So she's mad. And there's this like fantasy either it's a book or it's a lore or something. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, it's like where, a book, but I think it's I don't a book. Know how long it is, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where if she says this certain phrase so many times, the Goblin King will come and take away her brother. And she does it and it happens. <laughs> he gets taken into this universe. She confronts the king. She's like, wait a second. I need him. That's my brother. He's like, but you wanted me to take her. He's like, if you want her back or if you want him back, you have 13 Mm -hmm. hours to make it through the labyrinth Mm -hmm. and then I will give you your brother back. Mm -hmm. And so it follows her on this journey through a creature filled from the creature shop labyrinth to save her brother. And yes, I did say David Bowie. David Bowie is King Jareth. He's very interesting looking. Of course he is. This is David Bowie. Watch, watch some, watch our Instagram. We'll have pictures. Yes. Um, This will be a fun week for sure. It will. I have so many opinions about this movie, but I got to do the trivia first. Yes. So with the Muppets and any sort of Jim Henson kind of creation, they are not about CGI at all. But this one actually brings in one CGI character. The owl in the title sequence is Mm -hmm. computer generated, and it's the first attempt at a photorealistic CGI animal character in a feature film altogether. Mm -hmm. So this is the very first try, and I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah. I, the owl looked real to me. I don't know what you thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's from the 80s, so obviously it's not perfect, but yeah, yeah. I, this, they did. this came out in 86, by the way, people, mm-hmm. I forgot to tell you that. I don't know if I said it or not, but it came out in 86. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different scenes happen in, in the labyrinth. And one of the scenes towards the beginning, when David Bowie's character, Jareth is doing a musical number, he has these crystal balls and he's like, like making him go up his arm and go all around. Well, I learned that it actually was not him who did it. So It was actually done by a choreographer named Michael, I'm going to say his last name wrong, I'm so sorry, Moskin, who is an accomplished juggler. He was actually crouched behind Bowie with his arms replacing Bowie's. Unlike a typical Muppet performance, however, he had no video screen to view his performance. In other words, his manipulations, so all the things he did, were performed completely blind. Wow. That just makes it even cooler. Okay. It does, because it doesn't even look like someone else would have done it. Like, there's no, no bad anything to it. Mm-mm. That's really yeah. interesting. Okay. It is. Like, I have a new appreciation when I watch that scene now. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. like, okay. I mean, I thought Bowie did it, but the fact that mm-hmm. they actually had somebody behind Bowie. So I'm wondering, like, how did they hide his arms? Like, I just, I, I kind of want to, like, watch a behind the scenes on how they filmed that. Yeah, and see really how cool. they actually did it. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh, along with that scene. So this, that scene was during the dance magic scene, I believe. The, the he, well, he does it, it. He does it, I think a couple of times. Cause he also does it when he first meet her too, in the room, he's like, oh yeah, the, that's right. The crystal around. Yeah. That's right. Well, the dance magic scene is one of the more popular scenes in mm-hmm. the movie and it consists of over 48 Muppets, 52 puppeteers, and eight people in goblin costumes, which was revealed by Brian Henson in Inside the Labyrinth special. So there is a special, maybe they talk about 
some of that. Maybe we got to yeah. find it. So there was a lot of Muppets and puppeteers and people were actually like inside goblin costumes, which makes sense because those goblins are interesting looking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's how many, that's I think the biggest number in this movie. Like the Muppet movies had way more, but for a creature movie, this is, that's a pretty good number. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one I found really interesting and I wanted to share it because I never really thought about it. So they don't really ever hint that this is all like a dream for Sarah. They really make it feel like it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real life, but... They said the source of the characters, so the source of King Jarrett, the source of the goblins, the source of pretty much everything when it comes to the labyrinth actually can be found in Sarah's bedroom at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So she had a stuffed animal that looked like Sir Didymus on her dresser, a doll that looks like Luda, along with a book where the wild things are, a fiery doll on the shelves next to her bed, book ends with goblins, remnants of Hobgler. If you remember any of these people, any of these characters, they all have weird names, but figurine of Jareth on the right-hand side of her desk. There's also newspaper clippings of her mom standing next to David Bowie himself in like in real life. And there's a, the dress that she wears in the ballroom scene. I love that dress. Mm -hmm. I know it's very 80s, but I love that dress. It is very 80s. but it's so pretty for the eighties. That dress is on a miniature doll in her music box. And there's a wooden maze game on her dresser. So there's all these things and there's more. I just, Mm -hmm. there's too many to, I don't want to bore everyone, Mm -hmm. but there's so many things in her room that it actually is supposed to allude to the fact that this is all made up in her brain Mm -hmm. with everything going on, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I've never noticed that. Did you ever notice all those things? I did not notice all of it. The only obvious one I got was when the dog showed up. So clearly I missed the boat on most of the hints. Yeah, uh, yeah the other but stuff, I'm going to have to rewatch. I mean, like when I was doing it, I was just like, I bet there's a bunch of other hints somewhere, but I didn't mm-hmm. read this ahead of time or else I would watch for it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of different hints. So if you've never noticed the hints, like when you watch it, rewatch it that beginning scene and you can see all the different things that are in her room. They like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they put a ton in her room. I wouldn't Obviously. never, I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's oversaturated to the point where we should have either noticed it or there's too much for us to even realize it. Like, right. I feel mm-hmm. like there's that, that line. Yeah. Okay. So Toby, Toby, this is a fun fact I forgot to put on here. Toby, her brother actually was supposed to be named Freddie. Like that was the original name, but Toby, what the name was changed to Toby when the baby that they used as the actor, his name is actually Toby, Toby Fraud. And he is the son of one of the designers, right. like head guys in the movie. I don't think I put it on here. And, and so he's in, so they use, they, they changed it for him, mm-hmm. which Never mind. I don't want to hint to that. So in the scene where Toby is seated on Goblin King Jareth's lap, the baby is has a fixed hypnotized look off camera as Jareth murmurs evilly into his ear. Well, that's because they had to distract him because he was originally like screaming bloody murder when David Bowie's talking to his ear. But let's be real, people. Let's think about this. Mm-hmm. David Bowie in his Gareth attire Mm -hmm. 
is slightly scary for like preteen teenagers. Like it's a little weird for a baby to see that. I'm like, I can see him screaming bloody murder. I can understand. David Bowie actually had to have a puppet. It was called Sudi, Sudi, Sodi, Sudi. Let's say Sudi, Sudi in one hand. And so it like the camera was angled so they couldn't see the puppet, but the puppet was like moving around mm-hmm. for the baby. So Toby would be mesmerized by the puppet mm-hmm. while David's supposed to be doing his scene. I'm like, that's a lot of work wow. for David. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. The things you have to do with the babies, like it always wonders me how they get to do, have kids do certain things, mm-hmm. like when they're really young, like right. thinking of like Full House and all the other things when they're like mm-hmm. tiny. Yeah. You know, apparently that's how they did it. Okay. Let's see here. Over one. Okay. So there's a helping hand scene with all the, the hands. Mm-hmm. There was over 100 pairs of latex hands. So 200, over 200 hands altogether mm-hmm. were made for the helping hand scene. So they were like wet, the latex. The, yeah. I don't know what you call them, but yeah. If you've ever wondered, there's over 200 hands, over a hundred pairs. Wow. And I didn't know this. This was the final theatrical movie that Jim Henson directed. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty big. I'm like, oh, Sad. I didn't realize that that I thought it was a Muppet movie, but it was not. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but George Lucas actually worked on Labyrinth with Henson. He was a part of the writing team. I and mean, I think there were some other things he did, a producer and some other things, but he decided not to do any interviews during the release of the movie because this was after at least the first two star wars that came out mm-hmm. 86 86 I feel like the return of the jedi had come out or is about to come out at this point right but he's he's gotten a lot of fame he people are loving him and they're wanting to hear from him but he's like i don't want to steal jim henson's thunder because they were actually best friends mm-hmm. george and jim were were best friends so he didn't want to do that to his friend who's this was his movie so george actually like took a step back and i'm like oh best mm-hmm. friends like that That's that got nice. me right there in the heart mm-hmm. i'm like oh Good job, George. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, so I'm going to skip skip around. So the character of, actually both of the characters, uh, David Bowie was up against like Kevin, Con- Kevin Conley, Ding, and some other famous guy that I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So there was a big play for that, but they decided to go with a, rock, a more rock look. So that's why they picked David Bowie. Mm-hmm. For Sarah, there was multiple women up for the role of Sarah. Some of the big names that you'll know is Helena Boham Carter. That would have been interesting. Hmm. Jane Karakozik, another interesting one. Sarah Jessica Parker. I could see Sarah Je- Jessica Parker. Yeah, doing she could have fit role. in that role. Mm-hmm. She could have fit into it. And I think those were the three big ones that I saw. Yeah, but in the end... Jennifer Conley won the role over mm-hmm. the rest of them, which I found, I mean, she did a really good job. She got a little whiny for me in a couple parts, but mm-hmm. I liked her. Mm-hmm. I thought but she was Je- good. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker would have been interesting. Yeah. I could definitely see her doing that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last trivia that I found that was interesting. I'm all about literature and symbolism mm-hmm. and all the things. So when I saw this, I'm like, Ooh, my literature heart. So I'm actually Mm going to read most of it. The 13th hour. Okay. So in the movie, it's at midnight when 
the boy gets taken Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, oh, why 13 hours for her to get through the labyrinth? Well, what I'm about to read is why. The 13th hour margin has a symbolic meaning and was not just an arbitrary number chosen randomly. Sarah made her wish around midnight. This is the most powerful time when demons, goblins, and other I was about to say Maleficent. I was about to say Maleficent. That was the problem. (laughs) Creatures can cross their dimension and enter the earthly realm. Moreover, according to folklore, there is a time rift between midnight and one o'clock a.m., which is the norm. Oh my gosh, I can't read. Nominal 13th hour. In order for this time circumvention to be activated, something jarring and horrible must happen, just like Sarah's wish. In this movie, this element is altered with the 13th hour lasting for 13 hours and not just 60 minutes. This is why the magical clock has 13 numbers on it. Although it is never spelled out directly in the movie, the individuals who enter the earthly dimension from the outer planes or vice versa manage to enter the time fissure. Although time flies in the 13th hour, it does not advance in the human world world yada 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 although sarah spends many hours in the goblin dimension and is inferred that less than an hour has elapsed in the human world so they they use this elaborate kind of concept that is not new it's very much in other folklore it's Mm -hmm. in a bunch of different books you can find it in different stories in different movies all the things. So that's why it was 13. It's not just some random number. There's actually some symbolism behind Mm -hmm. it. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Sorry. I just read your opinion. (laughs) It made me laugh. I figured it would. Go ahead. Sammy, what's your opinion? I've done a lot of talking. So I'm going to read what I wrote down, which is the only thing I wrote down. I wrote down David Bowie, period. That is all there is to say. I mean, there's a lot more going on in the movie, but I think he really, I understand there was other people up for the part, but I really could not imagine anybody else playing this part at all. So I think he really makes the movie. If you took David Bowie out, I don't think it would be the same at all. He really makes the movie and he's evil, whatever, but I, I enjoyed his part. I thought it was great when he was on Mm -hmm. screen. He was a little creepy, but David Bowie just plays that, that crazy kind Mm -hmm. of wacky, not wacky, but, you know, just like weird, a little bit too strange. Like, you know, like you, Mm -hmm. you like him, but you're not sure that sort of vibe. David Bowie Mm -hmm. is just like perfect for that. So I'm glad you cast him for it. I don't know. It's, it's a fun movie. I read somewhere that the original script, when they sent it to David, that he said it was not fun enough it was I think too serious and he was like I'm not gonna do this because I don't I don't like it so they actually went in and rewrote it I don't know they did a lot of rewrites I think actually on the script right they did yeah they did I didn't I didn't put it in here but I read it so the first the first draft was too funny I guess Mm -hmm. so they had like a bunch of other people help write it and then it took away a lot of the jokes and I think that's when David saw it Mm -hmm. and then when David said that Jim took it back to the original person who started like who wrote it and said hey we need the jokes back in but I need it to stay in this format Mm -hmm. so he had a hard time doing it but he found ways ways to do it so Mm -hmm. yeah and I like this one too because it has music which is this is not a Muppet Muppet movie, but that's a very classic. I feel like when I think of Jim Henson Muppets, mm-hmm. anything like this, you think of 
music. And again, this has original songs in it. Mm -hmm. And of course you have David Bowie performing. So <laughs> I have dance magic. Second yeah. There's, everybody knows that song, whether I, I mean, I feel like everybody's heard it at some point in time, mm -hmm. whether you've seen the movie or not, but yeah. it just, that adds to his great character when he's singing those songs. It's mm -hmm. just, oh, I just love every scene yeah. that he's in. It, it just, mm -hmm. it just really is great. What's the, the hobble that they kept, everyone kept calling his name wrong. They called him like Hibble, Hobble. Yeah. The, the what else they troll, call them. Yeah. The troll who was helping her kind of through and he's like grumpy and mean and old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was interesting. I, <laughs> I understood his purpose. Cause you know, he, he adapted, he was bad and then he was trying to help her and yeah. And all Character that. Arch. Yeah. But he was definitely a little weird to look at the entire movie especially mm -hmm. in comparison to her. I liked it when she got, and I don't remember his name, the big scary looking, well, he wasn't really that scary looking, but the big monster that she found that she was um, Ludo. Yes. He, Ludo. I liked him. He was so cute mm -hmm. with his yes. rock powers and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was my favorite little sidekick that she had. His, his outfit was over a hundred pounds when they originally put him together. Oh, yeah. And Jim's like, yeah, no, make him like start over, make him lighter. And they still only, they still, the, his lightest was 70 pounds or That's 76 insane. or something Could like that. Can you imagine wearing that? Oh yeah. They had to, was it this one? No, it was, it's, it's dark crystal, but yeah, they I had to like stop every there. so many, so mm -hmm. often so they could rest. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine putting that on. And then what was the little, the little guy who was at the bridge? What was his name? The little, the little character that was like, oh, I, you have to ask my permission to pass when they were in the bog. I, can't remember I don't remember what his name is, you know, but I remember about. him. He, when he was on the screen though, I was very much like, you know, this, the whole point of these movies was creatures, uh -huh. but him, I was like, he's a Muppet. Like just the way he acted and bouncing around mm -hmm. and all the goofiness he did and the way he interacted when he was facing the enemy, trying to stab mm -hmm. everybody. He very much struck me as like, in, in the world of creatures, this is a Muppet who popped up. Just his vibe. Yeah. So I really, I really like that little character. Even though I yeah. forgot what his name was, but yeah. That, that scene is supposed to be a call out to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I got that vibe. <laughs> but that's mm -hmm. like a very Muppety vibe. I mean, Monty Python yes. is a, a live action Muppet. So that's where, that's where they had to bring in some of the fun again. Mm -hmm. And I think yes. that's where they're like, okay, we need to put a Muppet here and maybe mm -hmm. a Muppet there. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy when he popped in. He, he's very funny all the time. I like yeah. him, but yeah, as some of your, your comments, I'm going to let you get to, because I agree with number two for sure, but I'll let yeah. you know. Okay. So it, like I said at the beginning, this is still one of my favorites to this day. I'll get it. I have it on DVD. I get it out and watch it every once in a while, mm -hmm. but there's always, okay. I'm going to say number two, but I also got, I also have to confess something. I'm going to confess something to everyone on this show today. Mm -hmm. So number two, King Jarrett's attraction to Sarah has always creeped me out because he is like, David Bow, okay, I, I have to think of 80s. So David Bow in the 80s is probably like in his 30s. Yeah, probably. Probably. But when I watched it as an older, like when I watched it, I was older and I knew he was like 40s or 50s. So it just, and she's like a teenager. So even 30s like and she's a teenager yeah. and, and he's attracted to her and there's the whole like ballroom scene. And I'm just like, 
this is weird. It makes me uncomfortable. And I love David Bowie, but I'm just like, ooh. But I like, it's like this, it's weird, but I like it. It's Mm -hmm. like that weird like sort of deal. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to be honest, I always had a slight weird crush on King Jared when I was younger. Bowie, man. It's, I don't know, something. But I, that's the first time I ever saw David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Like, to be quite honest, my parents weren't David Bowie fans. Mm -hmm. So that was my first time seeing him. And I had this weird, like, you're creepy, but I'm attracted to you. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. That's, that's David Bowie. That's his. It also makes, it it also makes sense because I have a weird attraction to Johnny Depp and he's weird, but attract. Same sort of deal. Yeah. I have a problem. No, there's something about like the weirdos. I don't know. I don't get it. it. I don't get it. But because he's King Jareth is like just a slightly more creepy version of of Jack Sparrow in my mind. They're very similar. Yeah. And yeah. Anywho. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that always creeped. It is always a weird creep out. But it was always like one of those like I'm creeped out, but I get it. Sort of Mm -hmm. deal. Exactly. But moving on from the creep out, my favorite character, Muppet, whatever he's considered, is a little worm. I don't remember what his name is, but he's. British. Does he have a name? Because I feel like she's I just like, know. he's like, are you a worm? And he's like, yeah, come in for tea. <laughs> I'm just like, what are sure. you doing? <laughs> uh, and he, at the very, the very first thing he says, he's like, hello. And just how he says it, like, I can't do it, but how he talks, I'm just like, I love it. Did you say hello? I said, <laughs> I hello. Said, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. The little worm he's is pretty. so cute. I wish he was in the movie more. Like, I really do. I um, wish he would like sit on her shoulder and just travel with her. Or just like bob up at random times to give yeah, her wrong direction. This is true. He did not do a very good job mm-hmm. of directions, but he mm-hmm. is a worm. He goes through walls. Oh, and I just said at the end, like, I, I feel like this could have been a TV show. I feel like this could have been a really cute, like, it could have been a whole season of her trying to get through the labyrinth and mm-hmm. different situations. And we could have really drawn it out. Yeah. That probably wasn't a thought back then, but like. No just seeing like dark crystal has added a tv show i'm like we could totally do this with labyrinth we could redo this david bowie could still be king jareth and we bring in a new character and redo like you know they're coming out with a new movie right what yeah a new movie like labyrinth yes like what yeah i've read it somewhere labyrinth too it's directed by Marvel Scott Derrickson. This is all last year, though. Is it still happening? I mean, I don't know where they're at in production wise, but they're recast. <sighs> this is, oh my goodness. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm intrigued, but then I'm also sad because it's not going to be Bowie. I don't know how I feel. How do you feel? Well, you know, David Bowie died, right? So he couldn't really be back in the movie. Oh, well, yeah, I knew, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it would be a bit difficult to, they would have- Well, it's to- like, it's like when they recasted, it's like when they recasted Genie. It was one of those, like, I don't know how I feel about this because it's mm-hmm. no longer Robin Williams, even though Robin Williams is no longer with us. Yeah, so I don't know- Makes me very sad. Where they're at in the production, but I know that they're doing it. Hmm. Well, I'll have if if this does come around, I'll do a movie reel when it happens mm-hmm. a year or two down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know it'll take them forever to actually. Oh yeah, especially with country. I mean, 
they had to, I mean, this is ahead, but they had to stop Dark Crystal because of COVID, because mm-hmm. of all the things. So I don't even know if they're going to be able to do Labyrinth 2 anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But so. it's in the works. Wow. I did not know that. I didn't ever, I didn't even see that in any of my research. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anything else in the Labyrinth? It's just a fun movie. Yeah, it's it's it got, is. like I said, the, the music, the fun, it's got some little darker than your average mm-hmm. Muppet movie because it is a creature movie not a Muppet. it is but it still is. it's got I'm glad that they put the fun elements back in because I think that made the movie all the more better mm-hmm. and campy which is why it's a cult classic so yeah yep definitely love it definitely check it out if you've never watched it because I know this is one people have not watched yeah you should it's a fun movie yeah it's not I mean people think Henson they think of the Muppets they don't always think of some of the darker stuff like Labyrinth mm-hmm. and Dark Crystal. That's mm-hmm. why we're talking about it. Yep. Speaking of Dark Crystal, mm. this is actually the first creature movie he made before he made The Labyrinth. This one came out in 1982, but because it has a sequel, I wanted to like pair them together. That's why mm-hmm. we're doing it out of order. Mm-hmm. So some trivia about Dark Crystal. So Jim Henson's plan with this movie was to get back to the darkness of the original Brothers Grimm fairy tales. He felt that children liked the idea of being scared and that was a healthy emotion for them with which to deal. That's an interesting sentence. Mm-hmm. IMBD writers. <laughs> Pretty much I think he's right. I think that we, I think that back then, I mean, our childhood, we had some scary movies, so Mm -hmm. we were able to deal with that emotion. I feel like we've gotten away from that again. Like if you watch kid TV shows, it's like, Mm -hmm. there's no element of fear for us to like work through scare. Like you guys Mm -hmm. are coddling the children, but anyhow, Mm -hmm. I, I agree with him. And I like that he, it's kind of, it goes to the grim fairy tales. Cause those are some of my my mm-hmm. favorites to read have you read grim fairy tales like the original not a lot of them i've read some of them oh my gosh i have they're a whole book so i've read them i've read so many of them they're so good yeah they're very creepy from good. <laughs> yes yeah oh boy disney definitely had to make them a little bit less crazy mm-hmm. yeah yes also dark crystal at the time it was made it was hailed as the only live action movie in which a human character makes no appearance. With the exception of some wide shots of the Gefflings, it would have been the first live action movie with no human actors appear, which there was. There Mm -hmm. really wasn't. Um, Until in 2019 when The Lion King came out 37 years later, that was the next movie that had no human Mm -hmm. appearances and it was live action. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more CGI though than... Dark Crystal. So yes, it's live action, but it's CGI. So Not I really. don't really know if I would consider it live action I don't think or so. consider it like up with Dark Crystal because Dark Crystal literally is just puppets and, mm-hmm. and humans doing everything. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So yeah, I don't consider that Lion King is up there with it, like the live action one, Mm-mm. but that's up to you to decide. But Sammy yeah. and I will tell you how you're wrong. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay. So in seven, in February 17 or wow, 17 in February of 1978, Jim Henson and his daughter, Cheryl found themselves stuck in an airport hotel when Kennedy airport was struck by a snowstorm. And this is where they actually worked out the details of the movie's world. And they used numerous pages of hotel note paper because sure they, they had did. nothing else. Mm-hmm. 
the notes became inspiration for the screenplay and then the work on the movie didn't start until 1979 after they finished the Muppet movie, mm-hmm. which was shot in LA. And this movie was shot in England back to back with the Muppet, the great Muppet caper. So mm-hmm. they worked on the Muppet caper and on this at the same time. Crazy. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Remember how we said that Lucas took yeah. Star Wars to Henson during this time? Yeah, it's like this makes he even had more no time sense for you. Now. <laughs> he had no like, time for you. That's why he's like Frank Oz, you go deal with it. <laughs> Pass it on. Oh goodness. Yeah. But when sense. I read that, I'm like, oh, so it wasn't just the great movie caper that he was working on. He was working on Dark Crystal and Great Movie Caper. I mean, he had really put him in. He had like just done the stuff. Muppet movie. I mean, think about it. He just did yeah. the Muppet movie. And then mm-hmm. he's like, okay, let's do this. Oh, and then also the great. He has no time oh, for extra. We're gonna we're gonna do back to back here. There's like three really, it's like three back to back to back. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jim. Mm-hmm. You you made yourself very, very uh busy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you've seen the movie, oh, I didn't even tell you guys what the movie's about. Oops. Let me skip that. So the description of Dark Crystal is on a, another planet in a distant past. That echoes, I feel that like that echoes a Star Wars a little bit. A Gethling embarks on a quest to find the missing shard of a, mysti- or a magical crystal and so restore order to his world. A mm. Gethling is this weird, it's like an, it's a humanoid, but it's not a human. It, mm-hmm. Just look it up. Just look it up. It's really hard to explain. Yeah. You can't explain these creatures. You no, really can't. Not really. So Jim Henson and Frank Oz both directed this. David O'Dell did the screenplay. And, and Jim Henson, of course, did the story. But it's it's very much like on a distant planet and a distant past. And they're trying to find the shard of this crystal so everything can go back to normal. So there's a bunch of different different types of characters and create like mm-hmm. creature races and stuff so if i say names that you don't know you're just gonna have to look it up because it we can't it's hard to explain without yeah. pictures i should have like printed pictures and like held them up for the people <laughs> this watching is... <laughs> this is a gethling so the gareth gareth costumes were so heavy that the performance had to be hung on a rack every five minutes to rest while still in costume so some of these costumes were so heavy that they had to be like picked up and put on a rack so the pressure could go off of them and and do this like that's how much that's how dedicated these people were to to puppetry and these wow yeah so fun fact of that another although there are nine of them so in in the movie the quote-unquote bad guys are what's called the skelkis they are these huge bird-like creatures, but they are like ugly, like mm-hmm. <sighs> ugly. Yes. There's nine of them, but they were actually based on the seven deadly sins. So envy, gluttony, sloth, lust, mm-hmm. pride, wrath, all of them. And then they just, a couple of them represent more than one, but they kind of represent the the deadly sins and they are kind of the, they are the evil mm-hmm. in, in the show. and they become more apparent in you kind of see where how they started when we talk about the next show which is the age of resistance but anywho i don't want to get too far ahead 
So that was a fun fact about that. Jim Henson personally trimmed 28 minutes from the movie after a disastrous preview in San Francisco, California. So I kind of want to know what those 20 minutes are. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's on like, if I get it on DVD, I really Mm -hmm. need to get this on DVD. Maybe. Because I feel like this is not going to be able to stream for much longer in life. Mm -hmm. So he also ordered many of the character voices redubbed to eliminate some of the invented character languages, making the movie, this movie more accessible and the plot easier to follow. So originally there was some languages that weren't like subtitled mm-hmm. and it was causing issues in the preview. Mm-hmm. So he dubbed over that, which <laughs> that makes me laugh for the next one. But anyhow, I keep seeing parallels to the the two and it's making it's like I want to say them but I'm like we're not there yet so this movie made slightly over 40 million dollars from a 15 million dollar budget so they did make money on it not much but many parents felt that the movie was too scary for their children and I think that's why the next movie of the labyrinth they put a little bit more humor into it so Mm -hmm. the kids would like it and dark crystal is I mean it right there in the title it's dark it's not yeah the fun happy-go-lucky Mm-mm. movie that you think of when you think of Jim Henson. No. So in France and Japan, this was the highest grossing box office release in 1983. So apparently France and Japan like dark movies. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it happens. So there's these little hairy creatures and they were actually modified wind-up toys. So they had to wind them up, take the key out, and then put them down. Mm-hmm. That's how they did the little creatures that crawl all over Mm -hmm. the place, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then the scientist mechanical eye was actually made using a Star Wars TIE fighter cockpit as a model. I saw that. I'm like, Star Wars reference. I like it. What a surprise. It happened. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Also to create all of the creatures for this movie, they had to use nine tons of rubber. That's a lot of rubber. It's insane. It is. And then last but not least, Frank Oz. I feel like lately all the things we talk about with Oz and the new stuff, he's just like, no, no, no. Like, I feel like he's gotten old and cynical. He is. He's kind of (laughs) cranky. He's gotten very cranky, like almost Harrison Ford cranky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So director and puppeteer Frank Oz admittedly denies that he he and Jim Henson ever considered ideas for a sequel and has publicly denounced any attempts to make one. Nevertheless, several sequel novels and comic books have been released since then, which I did not know that. And the Jim Henson company began toting plans for a sequel in the mid 2000s. So they've been planning this since mid, like probably back when we were in college. Mm -hmm. And their plans finally came to fruition when the Netflix prequel series, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, Hmm. came around. But apparently Frank's like, no, 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 stop, no. He's like, like, it's not a thing. Stop stop asking me. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Poor Frank God. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to admit, I did not get to rewatch this movie because mm-hmm. I don't have access to stars. Yeah. It's Cause it's like, I can watch it. Okay. Exactly. It used to be on Netflix. Labyrinth and Dark Crystal used to be on Netflix. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's gone. I'm like, wait mm-hmm. a second. You release Dark Crystal Age of Resistance and you take away Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, yeah. the original. That's not normally how you work. So Netflix, I'm mad at you. I'm 
if you're listening, I'm throwing a fist. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember much of this movie. All that I remember is that it is dark. I did like it, but I really need to rewatch it again to understand it. I, I don't think I've ever seen this before today when I figured out which, so going into this, like three hours ago, I was just like, I'm not going to be able to watch this at all because I didn't realize that we had a star subscription and apparently Robbie has subscriptions to everything. So in the future, just let me know. I will give you the password because apparently we are subscribed to literally everything under the sun. Anyway, but yeah, that was to me, not to you, Pixie Dusters. Yeah, no, I'm not sharing it to the world. Sorry. (laughs) It's not going to happen. But yeah, I did not ever remember watching this. And I have a feeling because it is pretty scary, even though it's a kid's movie. And I think what it, it would probably throw a lot of people off to see Jim Henson's name right at the beginning. And then there's, this is no Muppets, no singing, no, no light. No, no, mm-mm. this is very, very serious, very scary every freaking creature in here is like, it could give you nightmares. I swear the the evil guys, they're all disgusting. Yeah. They're just horrible. Even the good guys are kind of creepy looking too. The mystics, they're still a little. Yeah. Yeah. The only one that wasn't so bad was the little fuzzy thing. That was Kira's like little pet. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Except when he got kind of worked up and he had a lot of teeth and it was a little yeah. intense but it's kind of like he's having a puppy so I was like, the mm. gaslings aren't too bad no the gas I think it was just their like their faces were too smooth or something so they kind of like oh yeah they're extremely smooth yeah they they just gave me that little like uh, like squicky you know like uh, you're not as terrible as the rest of the movie but you still kind of might pop up in my dream and it might be bad so <laughs> yeah they they all just made me a little uncomfortable but the good news is at the end, they won. So yay. <laughs> Hooray. They saved the day. It was interesting though. Jim, Jim Hudson is insane with everything that he does. I mean, first of all, you made this, this world, which if you just ignore this, you know, that's kind of freaky. The, the characters are insane. How detailed they are. Every single one of them from the giant ones to the small ones, there is nothing that was just like, thrown in there you can tell they spent time on every single thing the sets were very elaborate that they put them in it really Mm -hmm. was a whole world that they created and you can Mm -hmm. tell there's there's no green screens and all that nonsense going on this is real things that they built which is just it's mind-blowing when you look at it that way Mm -hmm. it's the world is just crazy and this storyline was very unique with what they came up with I mean it has its like you're a literature major, so this is more your thing than mine. But you know, everything has its basis, right? Yes. They all have like a central kind of storyline. The good, the good versus evil. It's in exactly. every story. No matter mm-hmm. what you look at, it's always in every story. Mm-hmm. But I think that all of the creatures they came up with and everything, it was all very unique, which mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of anymore necessarily. Yeah. So yeah, and I, the I know this is way back in the 80s, but it's it's a good movie. And I don't think it's particularly dated when you watch it I mean sometimes you watch movies from the 80s or 90s 70s and you're just like yeah you can you can tell but really and truly this one it's it doesn't have that feel that it's stuck except for a little bit of the music is a little 80s now granted we back it up to the labyrinth that was 
that you could tell that was an 80s movie, but in a good way. Such an 80s 80s movie. movie. (laughs) Yes, but I love 80s movies. So that was in a good way. But this one has a little bit of like that kind of, you know, the way the like the yeah, you know, like the synthesizer and all that nonsense everyone was all about in the 80s has a little bit of that, but it it very much you don't place it anywhere, which I just think it's amazing what he did. Jim Henson is a freaking genius. Even though yeah. the movie freaked me out. It's just, it's insane. <laughs> Sorry. I have to be honest. <laughs> no, it, you're right. Like you're, you're absolutely right. No. And, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which we're about to talk about, mm-hmm. they did a really great job of, so far, I've only done three episodes out of the 10. They really did a great job of bringing that world back to mm-hmm. life and bringing these types of characters because it's all the same it's all the same the skeleton the skelkis the birds mm-hmm. are are back the the gelflings the all of it mm-hmm. are kind of back except the mystics no mystics yet at oh, least. okay mm-hmm. i think the mist because this dark crystal age of resistance is a prequel mm-hmm. so it's actually showing the start of a rebellion against the Skelkis. And I'm assuming at the end of the season is when the crystal shard gets broken off. Mm -hmm. All right. So in 2018, director Louis Leterrier, sounds like a dog, anywho, Mm -hmm. confirmed at the New York Comic Con that this series will rely on puppetry instead of commuter computer animation cgi will only be used to remove puppeteers especially in scenes that involve green screens so because of our technology getting better they did they did decide to use more green screens and cgi to remove the puppeteers so they didn't have to like make them wear such heavy costumes that they have to be held on a rack for a little bit Uh uh-huh yeah but the rest, but it's still very much puppet, puppeteer, mm-hmm. which is good because I think we, that's, we talked about this with the Muppets, that puppeteering needs to continue to be shown or we're going to lose it. And that's going to be a real big loss if we ever mm-hmm. fully lose puppeteers. So it was, I, it was very good for the show to come along mm-hmm. when it did. All the episode titles are actually quotes from The Dark Crystal. So if you look, it's like different quotes. I don't remember the quotes because I've only watched Dark Crystal once. But I'm hoping once I rewatch it at some point, I think I'm going to get that stars thing from you so I can watch it. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> kind of hear hear the different, different quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Louis Gold is the only puppeteer of Ascalus, which is one of the birds, to reprise her role. So she was on the original Dark Crystal and she came back wow. as one of the bird-like creatures. I think she's the, the she's a, in the TV show. I don't know what she's like in Dark Crystal. So remember Toby from Labyrinth? Uh-huh. Toby, guys, has grown up and he is actually a special effects designer on this show. He's the son of creator Brian and designer puppeteer Wendy Fraud and also played the, of course, Toby in the labyrinth, Mm -hmm. but he grew up and decided to, you know, keep in this world. And, and he was a special effects designer in this show, which I thought was really cool. Like it kind of Mm -hmm. brought him back into the fold after being like, you know, the baby getting scared by Jared. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that makes me laugh. Now, sadly, the show has been canceled already. It only had one season. It was canceled September 21st of 2020, mainly because of COVID, from what I understand. So stupid COVID. But it won an Emmy. 
That's pretty cool. He literally won an Emmy. All right. Won an Emmy and then got canceled the next day. Freaking COVID. What can you do? So that just tells you that it didn't get canceled because of ratings or quality. It got canceled because of something else. It's actually a very well done, put together show. Like the storyline as I'm watching it, it is getting better as I'm going into each seat, each episode. So I, I'm not surprised that it won an Emmy. So that was pretty cool to see. This is the first piece of screen media in the Dark Crystal franchise since the original movie. Like we said before, there has been comics produced and comics and something else. But Age of Resistance is the first return to the screen in 37 years. So we'll see if anything else comes out of it as well. Now, Brian Fraud, who was on the original Dark Crystal, did try to put together a movie sequel called The Power of the Dark Crystal. That didn't get done for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. But a lot of the characters that he created for that was adapted into Age of Resistance for the TV show. Okay. So a lot of that came around. Now I'm going to skip down to something. There's actually some big names that are voices in the TV show. Jacob Isaac, Isaacs, Jacob Isaacs, mm-hmm. who is, if you are a Harry Potter fan, you know him as Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm. He plays the emperor of the Skelskis, uh, the birds. And he describes his introduction and approach to the character in the following terms. I looked at the creature at his kind of amazing long alligator snout and the fact that he doesn't have a real nose and he's got teeth that need some very advanced orthodontistry. And I thought, what kind of sound would come out from that? And then he proceeded to give us the voice, yeah. which he did a great job so far. I I've enjoyed listening to him. You can't tell it's Jacob Isaacs as you're mm-hmm. listening to him. Some other big, just a couple other big names, Taryn Edgerton. Mm-hmm. He's more of an upcoming big name. He plays, or he's the voice of the main character rain. And I can hear it. I can hear his voice in there. And then Mark Hamill That's is the voice in there. He's not a big character, but he is one of the characters. And I'm like, of course, mm-hmm. Mark Hamill. You got you gotta love it. He, well, he's the voice of Skelchek, which is one of the the bird people, and he praises Ollie Taylor's performance of the scientist. So the the Skeltress. Okay, so back up. I should have told this again. See, I don't even. I'm not doing this right. Age of Resistance is a prequel. So it's taking place before. It's taking, so what happened is the dark crystal is actually supposed to be this crystal of truth. And it's supposed to be beautiful and lovely and keep the world of Thrall, where all of dark crystal is taking place, mm-hmm. alive and well. Well, the caretaker, I don't remember her name, but the caretaker of the crystal gets tricked by all of these bird creatures, Skellis saying, oh, you should project your mind into space and just explore the universe. So she has this machine and she can magically like send her consciousness out into the universe to like explore. Well, when she does that, she passes the protection of the crystal to the Skelskis. And she goes and does her thing. Well, the Skelskis decide to take advantage of the crystal and are sucking all of the essence out of the crystal so they can live forever. And it's been a thousand years since they took over. So it's been a thousand years since she's been going through the galaxy. She's still alive because I'm in season, I'm in episode three and she wakes up 
and the the bird-like creatures are have been sucking so much out of it that the very first episode is about how they've literally sucked all the essence out of the crystal and now it's dark and corrupted and they have to find another way to stay alive and around them the world of thrall is is falling apart it, the creatures that were once nice and beautiful are being corrupted and just it, there's blights and all the things so there's three characters in this show rain who is a guard in the castle who sees what the birds are doing and tries to tell everyone but they they have this like soothsayer bird who like can spin any story and they pretty much make up that he's murdered somebody and that he needs to be caught so he's on the run a princess of the of the gefflings gefflings she gets this vision that she's supposed to help save the world from be from this blight and then some other creature from underneath the world who got picked by this magical tree to do the same thing so i'm guessing at some point they're all going to come together but right now they're on three different journeys and they're trying to save the crystal mm-hmm. whatever so that's the that's the age of resistance it kind of gives me some star wars feels mm-hmm. because it's age of resistance but mm-hmm. anywho that was a lot but i i pro- i'm like i probably should have said what the show is that's helpful it is. So where was I? Oh, Frank Oz. So we talked, we, I, we just said Frank is, you know, crotchety old man lately. Mm-hmm. Um, he was approached to work on the show, but guess what? He declined. Mm-hmm. Big shocker. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't think about puppets. I think about character. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be glib. I really don't think that way. I don't have any ideas at all. <laughs> However, he watched the series and was pleasantly surprised, applauding mm-hmm. the amount of care and thought they put behind it. Mm-hmm. So this is like the third time that <laughs> Frank has said no, because he didn't think it was going to do well. No, he goes back like, and watches it. And he's like, oh, oh guys- no, you actually did a good job. You guys suck. I don't like the storyline for the characters. Oh, wait. Oh, it's actually pretty good. Good job. <laughs> the heck, Frank Oz. He, he needs Hilarious. to stop being a dum-dum. It's so funny, though. I love reading these where he's just like, eh, that's terrible. I don't want any part of it. Oh, yeah, you guys did a good job. Okay, yeah. And he's like rude about it. Like yeah. super rude. <laughs> it's like, Frank. Frank, Frank, you are a part of the Jim Henson world. Why are you publicly being so rude? It's like, hilarious. I don't get it. I love it. I love these comments by Frank Oz. Because he oh. basically, that's what he's doing. Like, this sucks. I don't want any part of it. And I'm going to tell everybody I think it sucks. But then he ends up loving it. Yes, that's hilarious. Oh, Ugh, my goodness. Frank. People just need to stop asking him. Just, just They really do. Now. I don't know why they keep asking him things. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just assume it's a no from Frank. Okay. It's a no. Yeah. If he ever works on any Muppet or creature movie ever again, I will probably go into shock. Me too. We will have a whole episode about it. We'll have to talk about how Frank Oz is actually participating <laughs> and not just complaining about it. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's okay. I would say, Sammy, what's your opinion? But you didn't get to watch this, did you? Mm, no, I spent all my time watching Loki. Sorry. So I did not watch this. We're not even doing Marvel. 
I don't know, but it was new. So sorry. <laughs> Have you watched Monsters at Work yet? No. Is that good? It's cute. It's Is cute. It? Okay. I thought it was cute because it has Sully and Mike and it's all about like trying to get the laugh floor up. Mm -hmm. So it's cute. And then what was the other new one? Have you watched the mysterious Benedict society? No, but I keep seeing the previews for it. And I'm just like, I should check is, that out. It looks cute. It's very much a lim, lim, lemony snicket vibe. Mm -hmm. it's, okay. it's very good. I like it. That was off topic, but yeah. Speaking of new things on Disney plus. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so I'll just keep talking. So with the show, I kind of wrote my thoughts as, as I was watching. So some of it I'm, I've kind of changed, but it really does have a Star Wars feel to it. The, the fact that they have this emperor who is mm -hmm. just bad. You mm -hmm. have, you have a soldier and it's actually two females instead of two males, but you have these three characters that are wanting to save the world mm -hmm. and then it's just and they have to go on this story and and all the things and i'm like wow we did george write did george write this like i really mm -hmm. <laughs> i feel like george wrote this mm -hmm. so it really does have that kind of vibe but that's i mean that's a storyline that you see in a lot of literature you see there always has to be some sort of hero that is going on a journey to save the world whether it is an innocent or or whatever so yeah. And let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. It was really weird. Two of the creatures kissed because they were in love. It was at the mm -hmm. beginning. And when they kissed, it made me kind of like gag a little bit. Because <laughs> it was just weird. You've never, I mean, you've seen like piggy kiss Kermit, but it's like always those big elaborate like smooches and it's nothing uh -huh. like romantic. Like this was actually like a like a real life romantic moment where they kiss. I'm like, just have it. You yeah, are they, not human. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. So it was very weird for me. I kind of I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this, but I kept going. The Scouts also have this bird that is, he's the one who spins stories. He sounds like Jar Jar Binks. Oh. Like he started talking. I'm like, are you? what like he doesn't he doesn't talk like jar jar he's mm -hmm. not like that annoying but like his oh, okay. voice sounds like jar jar i'm like mm -hmm. are you the same person i need to look into that i didn't get to mm. look into that beforehand but because i just started watching it today mm -hmm. three hours ago <laughs> so that was weird for me i do feel like there's too many points of views because they got the three different mm -hmm. like heroes and you're watching them in three different spots i'm like can you bring them together please because this is getting too there's too much going on. There's too much that you're trying to like understand. Mm -hmm. Even if you've watched the dark crystal, you still have to kind of relearn everything. And there's the <laughs> new kind of elements that they bring in. So I think that I'm hoping they bring it together soon because it's just a little bit too much. I think follow. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's kind of hard to follow if you're not into the dark crystal fandom. So if you haven't watched the original dark crystal, it's, it's going to be hard to watch this one. Mm-hmm they have this thing called dream weaving, I think is what it's called. I don't remember if it's in the original movie, but where they can, it's the Gefflings and they can like, they like put their hands together and they can like share their memories. Oh yeah. They did that. Other. They did okay. do that in the movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so cool. I'm like, why can't we do that? That would be so fun. Yeah. It is pretty cool. They just touch and then they can see everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the Skelkis in this show are like having to 
because okay so the main character sees the skeletus kill one of his own like kill the love of his life actually mm-hmm. which is sad and then they see them doing stuff to the crystal and he sees it so he could dream weave it to somebody but the skeletus before he could get to anybody like wove the story with everyone that he's sick that if you dream weave with him like his madness will will translate to you and it, oh, it wow. won't it's not what that it's like it's that mm-hmm. kind of that darkness i'm like oh my gosh this show is r- like ridiculously well put together but the dream weaving is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it. that was cool in the first movie too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have corrupt politicians if we could do that. <laughs> or corrupt anything. Everyone would know the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> yeah. But no, this, I, I really think that in the world of Jim Henson Labyrinth and Dark Crystal really have not been given their props. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we talked about it today because they're they're actually very good. Yeah. And and they should be given a little bit more oomph than just what mm-hmm. they've been given. Yeah, I agree. It's very different from the traditional Muppets, but mm-hmm. the amount of thought and just, it's just so well put together. Mm-hmm. but all of it obviously is very well put yeah. together so I agree it's a totally different ball game from the Muppets yeah. yeah yeah so you should check them out if you haven't definitely definitely check them out mm-hmm. well friends that's the end of the summer of Muppets we did it we did it we made yeah. it Woo, that was a lot mm-hmm. there's a there's lot of lot. stuff with the Muppets. there's a lot like, oh my goodness that's why we had to do two months of it <sighs> Yeah. Some of these topics are insane. Yeah. Yeah. So like we, like I said, at the beginning, we're taking a week off. So next Wednesday, there will be no episode, but you'll Mm -hmm. still see us on Instagram. Yeah. More than likely we'll be gearing up for our next series, which is Boy Meets World. It's going to be ridiculous. It is going to be so much fun. We're also going to weave in some Girl Meets World because it's there. We got to, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be, it's going to be a good time gonna be fun we're actually doing like a month and a week so yeah, five weeks because after that we're talking magic or yeah magic kingdom 50th and it's not mm-hmm. gonna take us four weeks to do that so mm-hmm. we're no doing some some switcheroos yeah so boy meets world gets an extra week Yay! Mm-hmm. so friends make sure to follow us on instagram facebook youtube all mm-hmm. the fun things so you can see our faces especially today like if you were listening you should go to youtube and watch mm-hmm. it because yeah. my faces were fantastic yes especially when we were getting into the dark crystal and discussing the way that they the creatures looked it was very funny but i agree with all the faces yeah yes yeah i'm very i have very big facial expressions mm-hmm. but yes definitely follow us definitely see everything oh should we address because it's the last episode should we address the walter people what the heck so tell them what happened i'm very disappointed in all of you because not all there was some that said no that's true not all of you because we asked well first of all we we posted a picture of walter and too many of you not too many of you, a couple people posted comments that they liked Walter. Okay. So then we asked, should he be added to Muppet Vision 3D? Why? Why did so many of you say yes? I don't understand why you're trying to ruin it. Yes, it should be updated. Now, someone did make a point that it should be updated and I will not disagree with that point. 
but Walter does not need to be in it. And I don't understand what's wrong with you guys. There was one person, they like, I looked at the comments and, or like it, you put a place for them to like say something. Yeah. And I read it and something about, they need, like, she said something about more Walter, more Walter. I'm like, yes. What? Why? Why? I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I was very upset. I guess we're, we're floating out on our own little raft with the the Walter dislike because I don't like like him. I don't understand it either. We need more Waldorf and Statler. I will agree with that. More of the classic Muppets. Yes. Only. We don't need additional Muppets in the Muppets. No. At least Logan agrees with us. So. Well, of course, Logan agrees with us. He's, <laughs> he's old school like us. <laughs> and he, he knows there. we would kick him in the butt if he didn't. Uh, he was right there defending. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Well, we had to call you guys out. Like, seriously. No. No to Walter. No. No. But other than that, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And what's some great things they can find on our website? can find information about all of the podcasts that we produce information on our patreon account as well where all of your donations are appreciated and if you don't need enough you can hang out with us which would be a lot of fun especially with all of our great topics coming up like women's world the 50th halloween is coming back pretty soon i'm trying to think ahead and we're we're getting there oh my goodness we're getting there yeah so there's a lot of fun topics that are coming so please go check that out as well and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and whatnot to the show. Please and thank you. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. And that's it, I think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until next Bye, time. Bye, Pixie Dusters. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.